much better. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Welcome to this week's edition of Roundabout Sports, presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media, where our passion is our profession. Thank you so much. It is a cold uh, Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp. We have an amazing show in store for you this evening. Um, there is a lot to talk about in the world of trades, whether it be in the NBA or the NFL. Um, and I will be joined soon by my dear friend, Du Henson, who will be helping me go through some of the blockbuster trades that have happened. Um, especially involving big stars such as Chase Young and James Harden. We will also be paying tribute to the late, great Bobby Knight, the general uh, Hall of Fame legendary coach who passed away earlier today at the age of 83. Um, and we will be going through the rundown on some of the latest happenings in the world of sports. First, I want to kick things off um, by talking about... Um, something in the world of professional wrestling and all elite wrestling, and that is Brian Danielson, who suffered a fractured orbital bone um, last week along when he was in a tag team match against Orange Cassidy and Okada on AEW Dynamite. Um, and so Tony Schiavone took the stage to confirm that Danielson has successfully undergone surgery to treat the injury. Um, he went on to reveal that Danielson is not expected to make a return until later in the year. Also, um, Matt Riddle has unveiled his inaugural plans for his first match, um, at, since being released from WWE. Um, he is set to clash with Rob Van Dam at Big Time Wrestling's event dubbed The Reunion 3. Now, it's important to note that Riddle's currently bound by the, the standard no-compete clause, prohibiting him from inking any contracts while competing while with any competing wrestling companies until December. Um, so this will take place on March 9th, 2024, of course, so it'll be way past then. So he should be all set on that. Um and also, one more piece of interesting wrestling news. John Cena declares Randy Orton to be the Shawn Michaels of our era. Um, and John Cena described his Iron, match match, Iron Man match with Randy Orton as one of a kind, stating, quote, Anytime I can get in the ring with Randy Orton is great. He and I fit together well, and we work together well, and I love working with him. Um, and... He lauded Orton's wrestling acumen, drawing comparison with WWE legend Shawn Michaels, and highlighted his impeccable timing and ability to evoke emotion. Um, quote, Randy's my generation's Shawn Michaels. He has an understanding of um, nuance and how important it is. He's the best timing of anybody. Like, he's always there. He's never late. He shows emotion as a performer. He's incredible. He makes the difficult look simple. So high praise from one great to another. Um, and yes, Christopher Miles, our dear friend from Issues with Wrestling with Christopher Miles, tuning in as always. Thank you so much. Um, Okada is cursed in AEW, he comments. And yeah, Okada has definitely not had the best luck while with um, AEW so far. Um, and so... Definitely not pleasant there. And meanwhile, there's going to be a cloud of smoke match, basically, between oh, uh, RVD versus Matt Riddle. I can totally see that one happening. Um, so, yeah, well, definitely. Now, with that, I do want to bring on Du Henson because there is a lot to talk about when it comes to the latest news in regards to trades. Um, so... Let me bring, let me make sure his, uh, his, he is currently muted. So we are waiting for him to make sure he is unmuted. And there he is. How's it going, dude? Y'all can hear me well? Yep, we can hear you perfectly fine. Um, Sounds good. So, What's up, Jeremy? 
we were talking late last night when all of a sudden the news broke of James Harden being traded to the uh, Los Angeles Clippers from the Philadelphia 76ers. And everyone's home, man. They're all home. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what's interesting? Um, he was still willing to play for the 76ers despite his animosity towards Daryl Morey. Um, animosity. Let's get our words right here. <laughs> animosity. Um, and however, you know, apparently the final straw with. Harden and being with the Sixers came when he was denied entry to the team plane last Wednesday for the season opener in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, early Tuesday morning, he was traded um, to the Clippers. And he was a part of the Sixers training camp, but he disappeared for 10 days. Um, what led to all this? I mean, we know what the final straw is, but what in reality was the break, like the breaking point that brought all this to a head? Just people not being on the same page throughout the entire end of the last season. I expected him to be traded in the offseason. Never happened. And, you know, as much as Embiid tried to keep him, uh, James Harden Hart was never really in it. If you want my opinion, I don't think James Harden's heart has been in it since midway through his run with Houston. You know, and people can see that. I mean, look at the debacle that was the um, the big three that never was. The Kyrie, K- the Kyrie, KD, Harden uh, big three that everybody thought would dominate with the Brooklyn Nets. That- they should have. Yeah, but within a season and a half, I mean, it completely collapsed, and mm-hmm. the Nets never went anywhere with them. There Shout was no chemistry. Yeah, there was no chemistry whatsoever with them. So, I mean, and you know, Harden when he was with the uh, Rockets was definitely a different breed of Absolutely. player. Um. And, you know, something was off when he went to Brooklyn, but now he just doesn't seem the same. But if you want my honest opinion, as long as they can stay healthy and they can stay on the floor, I like the starting core of James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. I would continue to bring Russell Westbrook off the bench. And, you know, it's interesting. So you said that, they're all back or they're all back together. Why? So for those that don't know, say exactly, uh, feel free. Why the four of them are back. That's where they grew up all from Southern California. Everyone made a big deal when Kawhi went to a Dodger. Wait, 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 hold up. My fault. What's the baseball team there? Um, my baseball, no, my baseball. There's the angels and the Dodgers. Oh, say, so I was right. It's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers, you know? Everyone, you know, people forget PG is from there, Paul George. Mm-hmm. And Russ always said he wanted to play for his hometown team, which is the Lakers. I mean, that's true. People forget what kind of talent is coming out of Southern California here lately in terms of NBA. It's crazy. There's a lot of other good players that are coming out of Southern California. The greatest really of all time. Is. I'm not biased at all either. You know what I'm saying? You ever heard of Paul Pierce? Greatest He's all right. No. <laughs> um, and we'll definitely get into your Celtics soon. I wanted to go into what <laughs> the details of this blockbuster trade because that for the trade while, was alarming. Like I'm not gonna lie, even this trade threw me off heavy because I didn't see it coming like that. But you can give the details. So we have and you know I'll do my best to get all the names right, but the Clippers received. James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philippe Petrusev, um, whereas the 76ers received Robert Covington, Nick uh, Batum, um, Marcus Morris, K.J. Martin, an unprotected 2028 first-round pick, two second-round picks, the Thunder's first-round pick, and a first-round pick swap with the Clippers. 
Um, you know, when matching salary and fitting players within the roster limits is most difficult this time of year. That's why rare blockbuster trades are happen happen around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing of it is, I mean, I feel that this might benefit the the Sixers a lot more than it benefits the Clippers. It should. Um, you know, the Clippers definitely got, you know, they did well on the margins. You know, they got get, they got P.J. Tucker, which was a massive boost for them. The um, problem is they're so old. That's the only issue. They're old. Yeah, but the thing of it is also, I mean, and you said this yourself yesterday when we talked about it heading what into when we, when we didn't know the details. How much you were shocked at the fact Terrence Mann um is still on the Sixers. We were certain that he was going to be gone. Everybody on social media, all the analysts thought that Terrence would be gone. Um and you know the Clippers this is probably the best trade you can get of this. It wasn't like, a bad trade on either side. Yeah. Considering the circumstances so, and I, I agree on that. You get an old-worldly uh, defender. You get James Harden. Like, what can you say? Right. And then we go to, you know, this is the thing. How much does James Harden really increase their championship odds? I mean, let's let's really think about this for a second. How much is having James Harden increase the odds of the Clippers winning the NBA championship? Dude, you're freezing up a little bit, buddy. It's okay. Am I here now? Yeah, you're here now. Okay. Can you repeat that? My apologies. No, you're good. I was asking, so with this trade... Um, how much does it actually increase the Clippers' chances of winning the NBA championship? It doesn't, because Kawhi. And the only thing that's going to increase the Clippers' chances of winning a championship is Kawhi Leonard playing more than twenty-one games a season. That's an exaggeration, by the way, but you get my point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a top seventy-five player all time according to the NBA, yet he never plays. Yeah. That's what it feels like. He never plays. Right. Um, you know, and if the main you, thing you know how we always ask whose team is it? Who's the alpha? Right. When I look at the Clippers, Paul George is the alpha because Kawhi don't play enough. Right. And the thing of it is, though, the Clippers are also the type of team. It was just a few years ago. They made the Western Conference Finals with Reggie Jackson as their primary ball handler. You know, he's a good player. He can facilitate. He can run an offense. Right. You know, they are clutch. They have very good clutch offense, and they really know how to get the basketball around to multiple players on the court. It's not just Mm -hmm. one guy carrying the team. Um, Who was their head coach back then? Um, who was the head coach? Doc Rivers. No, wait, was it Doc? Um, I think it was Doc. It might have been Doc River. I believe it was actually. Let me uh double check, uh, fact check that one. Yeah. So from 2013 to 2020, it was uh Doc River. So and who was Doc River's primary ball handler throughout his career, early in his career? Paul Pierce. No. What the heck? No, I'm kidding. I'm Paul kidding. No ball handler. I'm that, that boy, that boy is quicker to shoot the ball than he is to pass the he ball. He is. Who is his primary ball handler? Rajon Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> he he wants you to move the ball. Right. Well, that's why Rondo was always the underrated fourth piece of that Celtics team. During get that Rondo era. in the Hall of Fame. Rondo is going in the Hall of Fame. We I doubt this, it, but we'll see. I I think he will, just not any like early tier type thing um no not a chance 
So we looked at the Clippers side of this, but now let's go to the Sixers. Um, okay. Look, right now with Harden, when Harden was on the roster, to me, they were lucky to be a top five team in the East. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and last year's playoffs, they were number three overall. They were the number three seed. And they were 0-3 in playoff series against Tatum and Jalen Brown with the Celtics. And the Milwaukee Bucks, they didn't have the pedigree to match up against them, especially now. Um, it's Embiid versus the team. Exactly. So you go two playoff meltdowns in a row with Harden. It's time to make a move. You know, this this Sixers team was not going to win a championship. James Harden was not going to be the piece to lead this clip, the Sixers to the championship. Um, and... This is the funny thing. While I think the Sixers got a better end of the deal, um, you could easily say that Sixers went from being the third best team in the East or the fifth best team to the third best. You could easily say they haven't really improved at all. Maybe I'm for the future. Like, I'm, more, I'm more with that one. They might have improved for the future, for the long term. You know... I've talked a lot about when it comes to trading picks in the NBA because you can go to 2047 and trade two first. But, mm -hmm. you know, the when it comes to, you know, building towards the future, the Sixers more so were trying to build a foundation. And look, they now have two realistic chances to do so without him in the near future. Now let's go to 2024's free agency. Um, there's a chance for Philly to have the most cap space in the NBA. Now in the NBA, that's a huge thing to have. Um, apparently, the salary, from what I've read, is projected to be around 142 million. Joel Embiid is owed 51.4 million. Maxi mm -hmm. will have a 13 million cap hold. Um, if they clear everyone off their roster as they easily could, they'd still have about 65 million in cap space. Now that's enough for one max player. Um, and they can get some supporting pieces around. So, you know, the fact that the Sixers have the flexibility now that they wouldn't have with James Harden is why I feel this that's, is a win. That's the can thing. I tell you? The ultimate beneficiary of the whole James Harden trade in every in its entirety. Go for it. But the front office is boo boo boo. Like they need help. Their front okay. office needs help. Granted, he's better off the bench than he is as a starter. But Cameron Johnson. No, not Cam Johnson. I'm kidding. <laughs> Although he, that boy should be playing better. Right. Cam Thomas, that dude, Cam bro, Thomas. that dude is a spark plug, bro. Like, put the spark plugs on him and let him go to work. I don't know what happens to him. Yeah. I think he's averaging, like, 30 a game this year right now. Whew. I haven't watched much basketball, unfortunately, due to my health concerns. Right, and I, uh, we, and I definitely, you know, understand that. Um, so... Overall, this was a trade, a blockbuster trade early on that nobody expected. Wild, wild. Um, and by the way, teams... Embiid is being evaluated to see when he'll play, and James Harden is aiming for his uh, debut Tuesday, I believe. All right. So neither well, one of the superstars are playing. So we'll just have to wait for their debuts. Um, well, not James, not or, uh, Joel Embiid, but not James Embiid, Harden. but James Harden. Yeah. Now here, here's an interesting stat. So we're going to shift gears. We're going to stick in the NBA, but we're going to shift gears to, a, another piece of history. When we talk about, it was a player we actually mentioned earlier and that being Kevin Durant. Um, so KD actually becomes the 12th player in NBA history to score 20,000 points. And he did it in the Fourth fewest amount of games. Um, and, of course, 
He's the second active player to reach 27,000 points, LeBron being the only other one. Um, he re- Now, KD reached a milestone in 990 career games. Um, Kareem got there in 965. MJ got there in 852. And Wilt Chamberlain got there in 780 games. Which is the fastest to reach 27,000 points. Um, he needs 312 points to catch Elvin Hayes. Mm-hmm. And another 96 points to on top of that to surpass Moses Malone. So he is uh, working his way up the rankings and after that obviously i'm not going to have to go down the top the whole full top 10 of all-time scores but after moses malone comes the man himself carmelo anthony mm-hmm. at twenty-eight thousand two hundred eighty-nine points these new so, players get cop-outs um so I'm 27, but they get cop-outs they have the advantage of the three-point line I mean, and that's what makes to me like accomplishments that Wilt had even the more. Three point line in the shot clock. Yeah. What do you think has the bigger impact with these players, the three point line or the shot clock? When it comes to scoring points. Uh, okay. Are we talking about before or after Steph Curry was uh, was a NBA player? We'll talk about before. Definitely the shot clock. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, since. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, while Curry wasn't, of course, the innovator of the three-point shot, he definitely redefined it. He messed and, with everything. And he set the standard for what it's about, being a three-point shooter's about. Um... You know, and so many teams now heavily emphasize having that true star three-point shooter. Um, as, they, as they've benefit. even made a position called three and D guy because yep. of Steph Curry, even though exactly. Steph Curry ain't no defender, right? But he's um, always around the top ten in steals on a season, which people don't realize. Yeah, I, I think it's something that not a lot of people would expect, but it is definitely something to keep an eye out for. Um, so, now, I forget who it was. Oh, here we go. Um, <coughs> bless you. Appreciate you. Um. It was announced that uh, Trailblazers guard Anfernini Simmons underwent um, successful surgery on his right thumb. Uh, it was a torn collateral ligament, uh, a torn UCL. Um, Give Scoot Henderson the ball right now. This would probably be his chance for it. Give so. Scoot Henderson the ball right now. <laughs> Just let him have the season. If y'all win two games, oh well. Give him the ball right now. Oh, speaking of Joel Embiid, which we were who we were talking about earlier, what are your thoughts of his thirty-five thousand dollar fine? If you heard about that, what was his fine? I mean, it was basically it. Okay, so Joel Embiid's been fined thirty-five thousand for repeatedly making an obscene gesture while on the playing court. Um, with two fourteen remaining in the third quarter, um, on October twenty ninth. He was making gestures kind of like D-Generation X in pro wrestling, where it was kind of like the suck it gestures. Um, and, yeah. Was it at a fan or another player? Um, I believe it was to another player. Um, so Politics. Uh, I ain't going to say too much. I don't want your thing, your podcast to be flagged. No, you're fine. You can say it. Politics. I I can't confirm. I don't remember exactly if it was a fan or a player, but I definitely even if it wasn't, it doesn't really matter. Politics. Let me tell you something. I played in the hood, bro. 
Let me tell you something. I went for a lip and got slapped in my face and slung to the concrete. And guess what happened? When they call you soft and they call you a crybaby, guess what? You get up and you keep playing. Man, you you think, man, we went through more than this. Talking about some. That's yeah. a fine. Boy, if I got fined for everything I did, I would be in debt for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I mean, for coming from a guy who's played basketball against you, I can agree with that. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about while we're while we finish up the subject of basketball, I want to talk about the latest, um, the early NBA power rankings as we're you know three to four games into the season. Um, so I'm not going to go, we don't have to go through all 30 teams. I will say at the bottom, we have the, um, winless Portland trailblazers. You just give scoot the ball. I'm telling you, y'all ain't going to win nothing. Give scoot the ball. Yep. Um, the Spurs are 28th. The Rockets are 29th. The Rockets Uh, should be higher, but they're underperforming and they're also still young. The Spurs yeah. will be all right. Victor Webb and Yama got to get some muscle on his bones. That's about it. We he get bullied. Up. We skewed up a bit. And a team that's usually been bad lately has gotten better. We have the Pistons at 21 overall on the rankings. That's um, they, they've been bad for so long and they've kept their same core. Well, here's a note. I mean, look at the Magic. Magic are up to number 19 on the power rankings. They kept their core together. They're They're bound to get better once you keep your core together. Yep. Um, we will go to number fifteen, where you got the New York Knicks. Um, they they've been thirsting for something. Oh yeah. Um, Cavaliers at uh, number thirteen. Donovan overall. Mitchell. Don't forget Donovan Mitchell is there, and they they have the biggest impact player. Mark my words. By the end of the year, the biggest free agent signing will be Max Struess. I said it here first, y'all. Max Drews will be the biggest offseason signing. That man is averaging over 15 a game right now, bro. Max Drews well, the biggest impact signing of the last offseason. Well, he also, he also led the first week in total minutes played. He played 118 and a half total minutes. Who? Um, Max Drews. Oh, wow. He played, 100, he played 118 and a half total minutes week one of the NBA season, and he averaged 11.1 more minutes than he did all of last season. Um, Now, one thing about the Cavs before I go back, before we start going to the elite in the top 10, I mean, when one or both were of Donovan Mitchell and Jarrett Allen were both healthy last year, they went 39 and 18. Shout out to my twin. Yep. But when one or both weren't available, they went 12 and 13. Health matters. Health Your best ability is your availability. Exactly. Now, having Evan Mobley develops uh, matters too. Um, And, you know, they'll just have to build up from there. Mm -hmm. Now, for the first team in our top 10, We've talked about them a lot tonight. The Los Angeles Clippers. They're um, on the rise. Yeah, they're definitely getting some pieces in place. Um, you know, we can go through a top ten. We got number nine. We got the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion's, Zion's been balling. Uh, it's not too shabby. Zion's First having a great game tonight. Crazy dunks. Yeah, and he's having a fantastic game tonight. As soon as I get uh, off of here, I'm going straight to basketball. <laughs> yep. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers are at number eight. I know you hate the Lakers with all your heart and soul, but the thing of it is the Lakers are doing a good thing because they're limiting the oldest active player in the NBA in amount of minutes he plays, that being LeBron. LeBron Rest LeBron it, as much as you can. I need to see more greatness out of LeBron. If LeBron <laughs> wins another one, I'll cry, but I won't be mad. Exactly. They rested LeBron in the opening game. He only played 29 minutes. Ain't that crazy? Um, That's rest. You should. Hey, hey, yo, this is a PA. Hey, yo, LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers. Can y'all talk to the Clippers and talk to Kawhi Leonard and explain to them what rest truly is? Thank you. Copy. Uh, copy Over. that. Uh, number- we don't like losers. No. <laughs> number seven. 
one of my sleeper teams that I'm waiting to see actually snap their the playoffs drought and everything. The Sacramento Kings. Look, I ain't gonna lie to you, my boy. Them Kings are something dangerous right now. They are something. I love seeing it. Um, they need six. that young boy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, light skin dude. What's his name? He's a three point specialist. Uh, Keegan Murray. Yeah, that that boy need to. Once he gets his confidence and that jump shot, he gonna yep. be dangerous. That that boy gonna be a twenty point per game scorer. I was Easy. gonna say. That boy. Uh, they, they they lead the league in three-point shots. So um, then we got number six. We got the 76ers. We've already gone in depth about them. Number five, we got the Milwaukee Bucks. Which I don't know how they're that high. I'm not going to lie. You know, Lillard had an amazing debut with the team. Like, mm-hmm. the problem is it was a bad <laughs> second game. It was we'll an atrocious second game, but well, they just—they gotta get their feet. They gotta get their feet wet still. I mean, Brooke Lopez is gonna be so crucial. He's been crucial all these years, but he's gonna be extra crucial setting up screens for guys like Lillard this year. Isn't Robin on the team? Robin Lopez. Um, I'm not sure if Robin is also on the team, but I know Brooke they need to is. rotate them big fellas. They need to rotate them big fellas. Yeah, Robin is also on the uh, figured they need to rotate the them big fellas, but yeah, they definitely do. Brooke um, is definitely better, though, a lot better. Yeah. yeah, um, number four, the Golden State Warriors, they deserve the, it. Them Warriors, ha- boy, do we have to say anything else about the Warriors? They are who they've been. Look, you know? Steph, Steph Curry, man. Like what? What can you say? Number three, you got the Phoenix Suns. I ain't gonna lie. Did you see? You guys see that turnaround jumper that KD hit on Victor Webinyama? That yep. that that picture is sick. I ain't gonna lie. KD's just yeah. unstoppable. This is the thing. The the Spurs are gonna be all right, but I'm telling you, no Victor. Twenty pounds of muscle. You need twenty pounds at least. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, number two, the Boston Celtics. We should be number one, but I'll take number two. Okay. This is the thing. Do you think it has anything to do with the defense? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing that's holding back the Celtics right now. And you know the Celtics a lot more than I could ever imagine. Hey, and Celtic so. fans, I'm going to need y'all to quit being butthurt. I'm going to need y'all to quit calling out JB's right – I mean, my bad – left hand. We all know his left hand ain't that great, but he led the team in scoring last night. I'm going to need y'all to quit calling out my man's left hand. We know it ain't great, but is, are, is his left hand enough to get him traded, break with one of the best young duos in the league, and really tank a season away. Is it really that worth it? Yeah, I'm calling all y'all out on X, Facebook, Instagram. I'm calling all y'all out. Y'all suck. Now, now I'm going to tell you a guy. Um, I mean, he's 29 years old, so he's not a young star per se. But in the NBA, you can play for like 20 years at this rate. Sure. Um, <laughs> but this is his second season with and the – shout out um, to Christos Porzingis. Yeah. Um, here's somebody who I'm excited to see this year for the Celtics, and that is um Derek White. Derek White, ball Derek White is different. I'm excited to see <laughs> Derek White. Derek White is different. I mean, I think that he's done pretty well so far to kick off the season. What you up, know? what up, Tori? Yeah. Listen, Miami is not bad, but they gave their whole team away. <laughs> like they let the whole team walk. Well, and Jimmy and Butler the, the is. Nu- <laughs> I don't know if Jimmy Butler wants to have uh, extensions or if he wants to be emo or gothic. I don't know what he wants to do. But listen, I, I, if I needed someone on my team, I want Jimmy because Jimmy is well, him. Well, right now the Miami Heat were ranked 18th on the power ranking. So and, you know they have a whole new team basically. So exactly, they're but- banking on getting Dame. It go exactly. Um, they literally they're gonna play their first game um, on Monday against the team, the player that got away when Damian Lillard and the Bucks. 
um, face off against them. Now, number one, let's but let's just face it, it's the Nuggets. There's no reason to say otherwise. It's the defending, defending champs, champs. You know, Jokic is Jokic. Um, and we got the good Dr. JM. I'm excited for his new book to come out soon. Um, we'll be sure to promote it and I'll be yeah. sure to buy it and read it. But look, what did says, I tell Watch you? For the Pacers. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Tyrese Halliburton. Put respect on that man's name. What did I tell you, Jeremy? Someone said it other than me. Yep. Put respect on say, that man's name. You did tell me about. And look, uh, you were DJ just talking Halliburton. about the Kings. They gave up on him too quick. Put respect on Tyrese's name. Yeah, and Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, I can see it, and the Pacers could very well be a sleeper team this season to watch. Um, so with that, we are going to shift gears to the National Football League. We've got wait, wait, wait. We oh. got to give our condolences first. Yep, you're right. So we got to pass along our dearest condolences to the legendary um, Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Knight. Um, he was an American original um, as far as uh, legendary basketball coaches. He won three national titles at Indiana, one that capped off an undefeated se- season that hasn't been matched yet. And countless on-court outbursts that he was known for. Um, he had unfortunately been in poor health for several years, and he was hospitalized in April. Um, he became the youngest coach in a D1 school in 65 when he broke in at Army at the age of 24. Now imagine, I'm 28 and dude is 27. Imagine being the head coach at 24 of an NCAA Division I basketball team. Um, he coached for 29 years at Indiana, winning a school record 661 games and reached the NCAA tournament 24 times in 29 seasons. Um, no team has accomplished since the feat of going undefeated and like when, um, the Hoosiers did with Bobby Knight in 1976. Um, and 84, Bobby Knight coached a U.S. Olympic team to a gold medal in L.A., the last American amateur team to claim Olympic gold. Um, now, this is uh, an interesting one because Knight kept that on that year on that team, Knight kept Steve Alford, the leader of the 1987 national championship team, on his roster while cutting the likes of future Hall of Famers Charles Barkley and John Stockton. Um, And, you know, his final record of his career, his final career record, 902 wins, just 371 losses. Um, Coach K released a statement today saying, we lost one of the greatest coaches in the history of basketball. Clearly he was one of a kind. He recruited me, mentored me, and had a profound impact on my career and in my life. This is a tremendous loss for our sport, and our families is deeply saddened by his passing. We offer our sincerest condolences to Karen, Tim, Pat, and their families during this difficult time. That's legendary coach uh, Bobby Bobby Knight Knight passing away at the age of 83. Um, even when they're so, old, it feels like they're too young. Honestly, you are not wrong. Um, it is really sad to think about. Um, with all that, folks, thank you so much for tuning in so far to Roundabout Sports. I'm the Maestro Jeremy Carp alongside Du Henson, and we are going to talk about. We talked about a lot of trades going on in the NBA, but there's a couple interesting ones that happened in the NFL yesterday that. Um, and also ones that didn't happen that leaving people a little shaken. Cause first I'll be honest, it was kind of a boring trade deadline, but it's for what happened. That still was kind of interesting. So we talked about Montez sweat getting traded to the Chicago bears from Washington for a second round pick. Okay. That's no big deal. We get it. That sweat is an extremely talented player, but then a guy who's even more talented than Montez Sweat gets traded 
for a lesser pick to a team that doesn't even need him. I mean, in I what mean, they the do world? need him technically because they they're in a skit. <laughs> okay, but in what world would you allow? the San Francisco 49ers to add to that defensive line that already has Nick Boza, a top three edge rusher, and add in Chase Young. Do you think Chase Young's going to be the starter? He has to be. Did, didn't Bosa and Young play together in college? Yes. Hey. But I would have done my... it too. I would have done it too. But – I mean, if you're the 49ers, it's a fantastic move. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, I mean, can we not? Well, can we take into the uh, mindset that, you know, look at the fact they gave up just a third round pick? You're telling me Chase Young, it was just a third round pick? You know, right. I, that that's my thing. That's my big beef with the whole trade um and washington had one of if not the best defensive line in the nfl i'll go top five and the fact they just traded away two of their biggest pieces you know they got a lot of things they need to work on and they've acknowledged it as far as their team goes um but it's just interesting to see how it's how it's panned out um then we got some other stuff trades i gotta we gotta address yeah now, I also want to get a quick, uh, you know, this is can, the... Can we give a big shout-out to one person right now? Go for it. That's fine. Let's give a big shout-out to Joshua Dobbs for re-resurrecting his career, man. He is going to be a starter So, yes, Joshua Dobbs was the starter in Arizona. He started this year as the uh, backup or third string for Cleveland. Then he's traded to Arizona. He starts every game up to this point for Arizona, and he was going to start this week against Cleveland. Then he gets benched. Then he gets traded to Minnesota, who just lost Kirk Cousins to a torn Achilles. Um, So Josh Dobbs has definitely resurrected his career this year, much like Geno Smith resurrected his career last year. And I love seeing it. I'm happy because Josh Dobbs is one of the smartest players in the NFL. Hell, he's a freaking rocket scientist. Um, and, you know, he's he definitely deserves the opportunity. He's earned it. Um, you know, so they think Clayton Toon's going to start this week for Arizona. Kyler Murray will start next week. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely keep track of that. Now... Okay. Now here's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Do we want to go with the Raiders or how our teams were affected next? We'll go with how our teams were because with the Raiders, there was a lot <laughs> to go over. Like, okay. there is a lot to go over with the Raiders. For the Browns, I'll go first. It's simple. They traded Donovan People-Jones, who had eight catches for 97 yards all year, um, to the Detroit Lions for a six-round pick. Fair enough. Wasn't a bad move, in my opinion. Um, you know, I like Don Peoples-Jones, but he wasn't getting anywhere. I think, if anything, it shows the, the fans that the Browns see a lot in Cedric Tillman, who they drafted this year, mm -hmm. and that they believe he's going to be a future starter as early as this mid-late year of this year. Um, they expect to see more work out of him. Um, a lot of people thought that they were going to possibly trade for a running back with Nick Chubb out, but I did not think so. I figured they would stick with Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. They signed Boy. Kenyon. They signed Kenyon Drake to the practice squad. You know, a good solid depth move. Um, I guess the only thing for me is I'm surprised they didn't trade for an O lineman, but. Jedrick Willis, who has been a huge liability for most of the season and last season, has had a good string of games lately. So they must be banking on that staying. Mm -hmm. Defense has been very good. I mean, the last couple games, yardage-wise, they've given up a lot. But as far as forcing turnovers and everything, they've still done very well. 
you're the only the thing of it is Deshaun Watson's a week or two away from coming back. You're not going to spend a third round pick on a quarterback just for two or three games. You know, if PJ Walker can stop turning the ball over, the Browns, you know, will be in good shape. It's because okay. he keeps turning the ball over. And yet, despite that, they're still two and one, you know, and they're still four and three on the season. Um, so I will let you delve now into what the Packers did or didn't do. Well, I mean, there ain't much we could do. We're just injury riddled. Everyone says you guys need a quarterback. We don't really need a quarterback. We just need to stay healthy and give Jordan Love an actual team to work with. We're missing two all-pro linemen. David Bakhtiari ain't coming back. I don't care what anyone tells me. You know, it says it in the back there for a reason. I love my Packers. He ain't coming back. As soon as Rodgers got traded, he was done. He was gone. If you're a Packer fan, you already knew. But we traded away Rasul Douglas for Rasul Douglas and a fifth round pick for a third round pick. It is what it is. I'm not mad at it. We found him. We found a diamond in the rough when we got Rasul Douglas. So yeah, we have a lot of faith in our younger corners. They just got to stay healthy. So yeah, that's all we really got going on for the Packers. I mean, you, you can only do just, as much as you can. You know, your best ability is your availability. I mean, it's exactly. And we're just beat up. And before we be- get to the Raiders, we'll get to the okay. Raiders last. Let's talk about the Falcons. I'm a huge fan of Desmond Ritter. It's been made official. Desmond Ritter will be benched this upcoming week for Taylor Heineke. Yep. We love our Taylor High. We, I like Desmond Ritter, but I, see, I think Desmond Ritter's getting too much of the blame here. I don't think Ritter's had that bad of a year. If anything, I think Arthur Smith is just a terrible coach. You said it. Like, he hasn't used Bijan Robinson properly. Um, you know, he's. It, the, his press conferences are beyond stupid. His, his responses are just blank, like a deer in the headlights. And I feel like the offense should be a lot better. The reason the Falcons were, I believe, my original pick to win the AFC or NFC South is because of the offense they had. And it's not reached its full potential, and I think it's because Arthur Smith's holding them back. Um. Now... Speaking of, quarterbacks go, uh, getting, speaking of quarterbacks getting benched, holy crap. All right, here we go. We're gonna before we start with the coach firings, because there's a few of them on this team. <laughs> the the Vegas Raiders are an absolute dumpster fire right now. And look, I enjoy every second of it, but holy crap. Okay, I don't so we're gonna <laughs> I enjoy some of it because I let me tell you something. Okay, I'll, we'll start with the coaches then, because since it's going to segue into this, head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler got fired this early this morning. I mean, early, early. Granted, what's midnight here is you know ten o'clock out west, so it's fine there. Um, they um, they're firing Mick Lombardi, their offensive coordinator. Um, they also fired, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember if they fired anybody else. I don't know if they fired their running backs coach, but I do know they fired the head coach, GM, and offensive coordinator. Now, former NFL linebacker and, um, linebackers coach, Antonio Pierce is going to be the interim coach. Mm Um, and... Champ Kelly is going to be interim general manager, um, and they're promoting the quarterback's coach, Bo Hardegree, to offensive coordinator. Now, this is where everything is just – all the shit's hitting the fan because they lost to the Lions 26-14 to on Monday. Now – 
Every game this season, they've scored 21 or fewer points. They've had at least one turnover. They've had 100 or fewer rushing yards. They are the first team to do all three of those things since the 1941 Cleveland Rams. Now, this is a team with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, the former NFL rushing champ Josh Jacobs at running back, and Devontae Adams at wide receiver. There is no excuse for this. Um... And I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised Devonte was not traded. I am surprised Devonte Adams wasn't traded after Monday night when he had one catch for 11 yards on seven or eight it, targets. It's one of the two. It was, I believe, eight targets. Um, but the thing of it is, six last season's big acquisition for the Raiders was none other than Mr. Winner himself, Jimmy Garoppolo. And now eight weeks into the game, into the season, and just six games into his tenure because of injury, surprise, he's been benched, and in, in favor of um, rookie, rookie Aiden O'Connell. So it's going to be Aiden O'Connell, and then I think they're still deciding. I don't know if either him or Brian Hoyer are going to be the backup, but. Yeah, Jimmy G has been benched, and it's amazing to me that the three and, the Raiders are three and five. When they lost to the Los Angeles Chargers in Week Four, O'Connell went twenty four of twenty nine, two hundred thirty eight yards, and an interception, and he got sacked seven times. Um, now let's talk about when Brian Hoyer. Started against the Bears. He threw two picks and got 129 passing yards. And that was a bad loss. Um, now, this is the reason why. Brian Hoyer, good veteran, good mentor, but he's not the long-term guy. Jimmy G, huge injury history, cap liability. At this point, you got to go with the rookie. If you're going to bench Jimmy, you got to start the rookie. It looks like uh, Jimmy G is going to be the backup. Okay. Well, th this is the thing. Jimmy G currently leads the league with nine picks. And that's missing two games. He's pulling a Dak Prescott. Let him be. No, because the thing of it is, Dak even Dak Prescott. But the thing of it is, their expectations are. Dak Prescott is like. The guy who slowly works his way up. Jimmy Garoppolo mm -hmm. is the one that everybody talks about his win-loss record and expects him to be the saving grace for the Raiders. That's true. Now, the reason I'm not as, as upset about this, A, I'm not a Raiders fan, but B, to me, this exposes Josh McDaniels for what he truly is. And that's a fraud of a co head coach. I think Josh McDaniels is a fantastic offensive coordinator, one of the best of the century. Of the 21st century, I think Josh McDaniels is one of the best offensive coordinators. When it comes to head coaches, I think he's one of the worst. Mm -hmm. He lasted eight hours in Indianapolis. He didn't last that <laughs> long at all. I think six weeks um, in his first head coach gig, and then his here, you know, um, he didn't last long either. A lot of it, you know, if I can remember, so he was the head coach from 2009, 2010 to Denver. Um, I mean, you know, the head coach of the Raiders, but the thing of it is, I look at it as where he's a Brady product. See, my friend Corey brought up a great point last night. You know, when we were talking about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And Corey said that people would rather, free agents and players and whatnot, would rather go to New England to play with football with Tom than to play to be coached under Bill. That part... And Josh McDaniels, to me, was in 
interesting twist, the product of Tom Brady's brilliant mind. Tom Brady is one of the smartest uh, players of all time. And it's because of his awareness and his poise and his athletic, or I mean, his ability, you know, with what athleticism he has, that guys like Josh McDaniels truly shined. You know? And because of that, everybody, every time, how often did we hear, ooh, where's Josh McDaniels going to be? Oh, Josh McDaniels is going to be a great head coach. Josh McDaniels is going to be fantastic. Any team would love to have him. And every time, it doesn't work out. But when he's an offensive coordinator, it's just fine. Mm -hmm. Why? Because some... And the worst part of it is, I hate this this um what do you call it stigma where a, it's bad to be a coordinator and not a head coach let me tell you something uh freaking dick lebeau worked as a coordinator for f- over 50 years there is nothing wrong with just being a defensive or offense coordinator or a quarterback co- or anything because you're just as important as any other coach be a star in your role. That's what Doc Rivers said. Exactly. Whatever you do, be the best. And it's hard you, to get you, that concept sometimes. But, you know, when you buy in, you make everyone yep. around you great. Exactly. Can I can I take a quick note back to basketball for a minute? Yeah, go for it. My Celtics are annihilating the Pacers 131 to 87. I just wanted to say that. Nice. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, so, all right. Well, that honestly is about to wrap it up this week on Roundabout Sports. I definitely want to thank uh, and Du Henson. I got for one being more on. thing. To okay, anyone who watches it. this, this is a this is a take that I had a long time ago. If it wasn't for Tom Brady's incredible mindset to want to be great at the game of football, his skill set to me is average at best. Do you, who here thinks that Tom Brady's skill set is above average? Leave it in the comment section down below or, or whatever. You can make a comment. I want to know what your guys' opinion is on that take. To me, his uh, skill set is average at best, but his love for the game and ability to want to learn everything that he can about the game is what makes him great. I want to know your opinion. Leave it down below. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing everybody's thoughts. No problem. All right, folks. As always, we have the NAMI helpline, 1-800-950-NAMI. That's 1-800-950-NAMI. The National Alliance on Mental Illness is the largest uh, grassroots mental health organization dedicated to building better lives for those that struggle with mental illness. And, of course, as always, we have the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. For that, you dial 988 the line is open 24-7, 365, 366 on leap years. Understand that you're never alone in this world, and there's always somebody out there who loves and cares about you. Um, and your your problems that you're struggling with always matter, and there's just a phone call away. Get the help that you truly need um, because everybody deserves to live a life that's full. And... You could be the listening ears for somebody else. So I'd like to thank Du Henson for being on. Um, be sure to check us back next week. And remember, as always, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night, everybody. <laughs>